We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton keep talking that we gonna see him soon. You feel me? another butting heads podcast johnny i just realized that i was trying to say you things say things to you as i was fumbling the intro of this podcast and my mic was on mute so it uh was to no avail but hey how you doing man we have recorded in a bit how you been uh yeah i mean it's been a while and uh i was wondering what was taking so long i just assumed you went to go get some water no i i kept pressing some wrong buttons um yeah, it was tough here, and uh, a month of technical difficulties. We, our podcast two weeks ago, I had some issues logging into our platform, couldn't get it up, and then last week I threw that podcast up. Thank you for listening to it, but that was in between our recording of the podcast and when I got it up. The Rams made another free agent signing. They signed veteran cornerback uh, Akello Witherspoon over from the Steelers, where he last played. His floated around the league for a little bit. And I think on that pod, we talked a lot about how they had no cornerbacks on the team. So, you know, it could have been, it could have been worse, I guess. But, uh, hey, I am happy. Oh, my God. I am doing this podcast in a closet. I just banged into a lamp. Uh, this is the luxury of not having a studio. Hey, it feels good to have another cornerback on the roster. How do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, especially when you consider – the alternatives one of the biggest concerns that you and i had was you know the lack of depth and the lack of any real starting player uh, i mean we have a lot of confidence in kobe durant but realistically speaking he's not a superstar by any means he's it's going to be a major drop off from having jalen ramsey to now you know a, a second year you know, cornerback. Uh, so that's going to be a huge drop off for the Rams secondary. 
beyond Kobe Durant, there's a bunch of guys that may have potential, but don't really have a ton of experience. So at least with uh, Spoon here, we have a little bit of uh, experience, and that's that's something uh, that's definitely valuable here. So I, I love. I love the signing a lot more than um, I think people are giving it credit for. And primarily, I feel like the reason is because he's not the sexy name out there. Let's be real, guys. The Rams were never going to sign a Marcus Peters. Um, It it would have been nice, but, um, you know, there was no way that the Rams had that kind of budget. So the thing with, with Witherspoon here, I think with him, you have uh, a guy with a lot of potential and a guy that really when he's on the field is a pretty good corner. Now, again, no superstar, but a guy that can get the job done. And uh, that's essentially what we were hoping for, you know, in signing a guy like, say, a Troy Hill, you know, a a guy that can lock down a spot um, that is within the Rams' price range. And Witherspoon certainly fits that mold. See, the biggest knock on him is just him not being on the field uh, for very long. Since being drafted into the league, this guy has not been healthy uh, a full, you know, a full-blown season. And that's that's kind of been the biggest problem. That's why, uh, you know, he's he was available. I think if he could stay healthy, if he stays on the field, the Rams got themselves a pretty good corner here. Um but again, that's a that's a really big if, and for a team that just came off a season riddled with injuries, that's going to be a concern moving forward. But nonetheless, the Rams have a new corner; they have a, a veteran, and uh, hey, a, at least that. Yeah, he's injured all the time. Easily the biggest knock on him. Uh, you look the last two years; he's played in thirteen games with the Steelers. Never played a full season. Career high in games played is 14 with the Niners in 2018. But he's always been like, um, he's always been on the field when he's healthy, wherever he's been uh, between San Francisco and Pittsburgh. And so you're bringing in a guy who can play in the NFL. Like, I know that's not the bare minimum, but like, look at this roster and then tell me that you somehow don't think this is a good signing because you're adding somebody who can play in the league. Uh, he's a vet. They need a vet if they're not going to bring back Troy Hill. And, I mean, maybe they still do. Uh, I don't think they should necessarily rule that out, but I think it it does make it less likely. Um, this is great to me. You know, this is just – it's a position they need. They need somebody. And Akella Witherspoon is somebody. And if he's healthy, if we can actually get 17 games out of him, will probably be pretty productive, especially, and we need just some type of productivity out there, especially at this position. Um, so really delighted to have him in here. I mean, he's a day one starter, which is like just crazy to just like almost guaranteed when you look at the roster. But uh, thank God they, they added somebody because it would have been crazy not to before the season. I mean, he's beyond a guaranteed starter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing to add before we move on here. Um, one thing that Witherspoon adds to this, you know, depth chart is, uh, you know, a guy with size. You know, he, he may not be the tallest cornerback in the league, but he, he's a he's a pretty good sized corner. Uh, if I recall correctly, I believe he's 6'2". Yep. And com- compared to the rest of the roster, 
the rest of their roster is actually really undersized. Mm-hmm. Obi Durant's not too super tall. Um, we just drafted a, a guy that uh, in you know Latavius Hodges Tomlinson that definitely can only be a, a, a nickel corner for that reason. And uh, you know the rest of the roster, with the exception of Robert Rochelle, um, yeah, that and that's another one is Robert Rochelle is a guy that the Rams drafted knowing that he was going to be a project player. And so far he hasn't really panned out to what the Rams were hoping for. So yeah. Uh, if you, if you can bring in a, a, a different type of, of cornerback to this roster beyond, um, beyond just, you know, what you currently have, that's already a, a big win there. Uh, you know, regardless of him not being a superstar, this this is a this is actually a lot bigger than people realize. Yeah, man, I, I think it's uh he'll be really useful for us if he's healthy. And you know, you just gotta hope he's healthy more often than not. We're getting him at a discount in this slate in the off season pretty much because of that health. You know, that's what's preventing him from being on a roster already at this point. So uh I'm sure he's excited to get here because he's gonna play. And uh you know, that's that's a lot. That's that's half the battle, man. In this league, getting on the field. I so Johnny, you know, we're starting this a little late in July, even though it's not late in July. But uh, today we're gonna start our annual schedule preview. We we briefly walk through each of the seventeen games the Rams will play in twenty twenty three. We'll make a prediction each game, uh, tie that total up at the end of the year. I didn't have your prediction from last year handy i guess i forgot to write it down i predicted the team to go 13 and 4 i would imagine you were in the same ballpark uh you might have been either i would guess 14 or 3 or 12 and 5 um knowing you you're probably 14 and 3 and they went 5 and 12 so you know this is gonna be a really interesting year to do this because i don't think we've ever in this exercise since we started the pod back in uh, 2018, predicted them to have a losing record. And it'll be a true test for your homerism uh, to see if you predict them to have a losing record. I, today, you know, and for any of our listeners that think we're a little too pessimistic over here, today's going to be a tough one. We open the season with the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Bengals, and the Colts. So, I mean, apologies in advance. These are some tough games besides the Colts. We'll get to the Colts at the end. So, we're going to end on, I'm guessing, a more positive note, depending on where predictions go. But uh, how you feeling, man? This is a – we got a lot of tough games on the schedule. Uh, it's not the hardest schedule we've had. I mean – like later in the year, we'll get the Commanders, the Saints. Um, you know, the Browns are iffy. I think the Giants will probably be good. Um, the Steelers are iffy. The Cardinals might actually be worse than us, which is good. Uh, but like after those teams we mentioned, we still got the Eagles, we got the Cowboys. Packers won't be as good, but it's in Green Bay, and that's always a tough out for us. I mean, it's it, this. This is a schedule where like if a lot of things work out the right way for the Rams. I do think they could get to the playoffs, but a lot of things need to go right for that to happen. And uh, I'm excited to walk through this because 
it's going to be a lot more else than usual, unfortunately. And that's fine. As we've talked about, man, like you're going to have to take your medicine at some point. I'm optimistic about this team long-term this year. We'll see. Well, uh, we, we, uh, I feel like this is something we've been covering pretty much all off season that the Rams are prepping for the future in 2023. They may not be willing to call it a rebuild, but if we're being honest, it, it, it has been a rebuild. You know, they, they've gutted the team, got rid of the veterans, uh, most of them anyway, and, you know, cut the a lot of the larger contracts. And this is all in preparation for next year and beyond uh, so that they can essentially have a clean slate. So this year is a lot of question marks. You know, who, uh, what, I don't even think the Rams themselves really know exactly what they have. They might have an idea. They may have a, a sort of preliminary vision, but they won't be 100% certain of what they have until, I would say, week one to see how they fare in, in, uh, against you know other teams because this is an extremely young team now. There's a lot of guys. There's going to be a lot of rookies starting for this team, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it also is not a certain thing as well, you know, and in very crucial areas too, uh, such as, you know, pass rushing uh, in the secondary, pretty much the entire defense now that I think about it. Uh, offense is a little bit better off, um, but there's there's some question marks there too. So a lot has to go right for them offensively for them to be competitive against some of these teams. And um, it doesn't help that the NFL kind of front-loaded their, their schedule this season because it's a brutal, I, I would say first, what, like 10 weeks? It's brutal. And, uh, but you know, you know they, man, they get like, breaks. I I actually don't mind that because, like, I mean, I guess it it could benefit Stafford to have it backloaded. But, like, defensively, these guys are going to need time to get their shit together because there's going to be a lot of confused fellas out there the first couple games because it is a young team that has not really played much in the league and I think it, it, it would be nice that, like, if if this team actually does show a lot of potential. And, like, honestly, these first three games, they finish one and two. I am fucking elated uh, in that schedule of Seattle, San Francisco, and Cincinnati. And so, like, if you if you get to the Week 10 bye, like, what is it? You know, even if you're, like, three and six... There's a lot of winnable games after that bye week, like a lot of winnable games. And so I, I, you know, I, I, ideally you would get to the bye week better, but like, we got to be realistic here. And I think, yeah, like this, this team is going to grow, you know, it would be shocking to me if they came out of the gate scorching people. Uh, the best case scenario to me with this team is they get together as they go along. And I actually don't mind the opening games being this tough because of that reason, like, Get Cincinnati out of the way. We're not going to beat them in week 18 or in week three, right? Like, let's get that over with. Yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it, it will be a big test for this team early on. And, uh, in, in some regards, like, I, I, I agree with you, Steve. It, it will be sort of beneficial to kind of 
get the training out of the way. Um, I, I think it is reasonable to expect that this team is going to get burned, especially defensively, uh, very early on. Because, again, front-loading the schedule is, is going to be brutal. But at the same time, learning on the job is essentially what's going to happen. You know, you're, you're going to see a lot of these young guys be tested. And uh, for sure, teams are going to take advantage. They're going to know that the Rams are extremely young and they're going to try and expose them. Uh, so uh, it depends on who steps up. It depends on how the coaching staff, you know, uh, rotate some of these guys uh, from based on what, what I gathered a lot of the, especially uh, when it comes to pass rushing, that's what the plan is, is to continuously rotate these guys so that uh, they get fresh legs and, and tire out. Uh, offensive lines, which in theory, I guess that sounds okay, but uh, obviously not exactly the the plan that you want to feel comfortable with. But you know what? I, I do feel like that the Rams do have one of the better coaching staffs in the NFL. So if anyone can actually uh, move this team forward with such a young and inexperienced group, um, you have a, a, a coaching staff that can lead them to at least be somewhat competitive. Uh, at least that's the hope uh, at the moment. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, it, to be, be glass half full, and then I think we should start talking about some of our opponents. The There are still some really good players on the team. Uh, they have one of the best players ever in Aaron Donald, who's still, you know, I don't know if today he's the best defensive player in the year. He's certainly best player in the league. I don't know what I just said. He's certainly one of the best players in the league, period, and arguably the best defensive player in the league still, at least one of them. You still have Cooper Cup, who, if he recovers from his injury, fine, which I think he will, probably one of the 10 best offensive players. It's not a quarterback quarterback in the league. You And you have Stafford, who a much bigger question of if he's going to walk into the season fully healthy, but like if he is... And if he's like 90% of what he was in 2021, this is a guy who playing on a team like this is nothing new for him. And I actually think like a, a part of me, like I guess like running even through the schedule before, and I, I just kind of thought about this now is like if they're down and Stafford's gunslinging, that's not the end of the world for us. Like he could throw us back into a game. It's not something that when we've watched bad Rams football teams, we're used to. When those teams are bad, they get down 13 points, the game is fucking over. Stafford can get his back in a drop of a hat, and I think if he's good this year, like if he's really good, the defense being abysmal doesn't mean they can't compete for a playoff spot, and I think they might be better than people expect. Uh, again, we're going to run into, these li- into this list. This will probably be, I would, I would guess, is going to be the most, like, unoptimistic of our four-part schedule preview based on who we're talking about here, but uh, it's going to be fun here, and and I'm excited to get into it. Now let's start with week one, Johnny. Uh, a familiar foe. We're going up to Seattle, take on the Seahawks. The Rams, um, and just as a math in my head, if it's not 100% correct, it's close. I believe they're 8-5 and five against Seattle under Sean McVay. Pete Carroll's there, there as a head coach. Um that's an odd number because it counts as a playoff game. So that's why it's 13, not 12. Um, one of the biggest surprises in the NFL last year, 
I guess both of us. Uh, but Seattle finishing nine and eight and making the playoffs. They snuck into the wild card. They lost in the first round of the 49ers. Um, they started six and three, much the surprise of a lot of people, including us. Uh, kind of fell apart down the stretch, but pulled a victory off against us in week 18 in overtime to make the playoffs, uh, ending the Cinderella run of the Lions. Good offense last year. They were ninth in scoring. Middle in the pack, though, kind of statistically otherwise. They had one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Uh, gave up 150 yards per game. Uh, and uh, they gave up, they actually gave up more points per game than we did, uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, but obviously the story of last season was Geno Smith for them. They trade Russell Wilson. They get a ton of draft picks back. I don't think anyone expects them to be very good. And Gino comes in year 10, makes his first Pro Bowl, wins comeback player of the year, uh, leads the league in completion percentage, has a 3-1 to one touchdown interception ratio. He's awarded with a three-year, $75 million contract. And honestly, that's not even a bad contract for, for Gino Smith, which is crazy to say, uh, given where he was at before the year. I... Are you still buying Geno stock? Because I, th- I think I still am. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I suppose it depends on what you mean by buying a stock. So in the Seattle Seahawks system with Seattle Seahawks wide receivers, I am absolutely buying Geno Smith's stock. If you put Geno Smith on, say, the Rams offense, I am absolutely not buying Geno Smith's stock. <laughs> I just I think he landed in in one of the best situations you could possibly land in. And um, you know, you can't take too much credit away from him though, because hey, Ru- Russell Wilson was in a similar situation, albeit he's a more beat up Russell Wilson, but uh, uh, he was in the same situation and then bolted to Denver and showed that he, you know, he, he's kind of cooked. He's not the same Russell Wilson that we all knew. Um, yeah. And the Seahawks got better. They did. They did. And they, and they did improve their offensive line, which uh, to the chagrin of uh, Russell Wilson, because they didn't have any, and he dude was constantly running for his life. But um Overall, you have to um, you have to also put things into perspective that 
you can argue that the Seahawks have one of the best receiving cores in football. And that's not a controversial statement. It's kind of a fact. Maybe it's not the best, but it's certainly up there. No, it's elite for sure. Especially um, if they're, they made two first-round picks, but one of them was um, – did I not write down his name? Jackson Smith-Nigma, who uh, I believe was the number one receiver off the board at 20. Adding yep. that to Lockett and DK Metcalf is insane. And you also still have uh, Kenneth Walker running back. They draft Zach Charbonnet, your boy. Um, boy. Yeah, it's a loaded offense. But, like, you know, if I think if you swap in with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think they're worse. But I guess that's not saying much. No, it's not really. And, uh, I mean, yeah. I, Do not? Wow. I, I don't know. Because, okay, hear me out here. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than than Geno Smith because I, I don't believe that for one second. However, Jimmy Jimmy G has proven that he can hang in a good offensive system. Look what he did in, in Frisco. You know, when he was healthy, he managed the, the, the team pretty well. He wasn't putting lights out numbers or anything, but I think I think he could still do – very well for this uh, uh, Seahawk offense if given the chance. They'll probably run the ball a lot more, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I was impressed. Like, not just because it's Geno, but, like, I even remember, I think it was 2021, that game he came in against us for, like, a hot second and actually looked good. And we were like, dude, he, this guy doesn't look fucking bad. Uh, and then we obviously were changing our – I mean, I bet if you go back and look, listen to our preview podcast from last year, I there's no way we sat here and said that Geno Smith was good. We probably said some mean things. But I guarantee probably. you we did mention that game where we actually thought he looked pretty good. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm not like – you know, if I'm building a team, there's plenty quarterbacks I'm picking over Geno Smith right now. But for oh, Seattle – um, a, I mean, he proved himself here in that contract. And B, I think it's not a crazy enough contract where you can draft his replacement while he's here. And, you know, Gino's a vet. I don't think he's going to take that personally. And you can just kind of, you can let the guy fall to you. Um, they chose not to do it at five this year. They ended up taking uh cornerback Devin Witherspoon, which I don't blame them. Uh, I think he gives them like a chance to win. Like, do I think it's likely that they're going to win a Super Bowl with Gino Smith? No, but like, do I think a team can win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith? Yeah, kind of. He's not going to win you the Super Bowl, but, like, I don't think he would lose. I don't think he would be the reason you're not winning. No, I, I actually, I was wondering where you were going with that for a second. I was like, wait, are you saying that you think he's they're going to win a Super Bowl? Because I will definitely argue with you on that one. But No, uh, I don't. But do you think they're going to be good? I mean, um, they didn't have any big losses. They bring in a bunch of guys, Draymond Jones, Devin Bush, linebacker, Evan Brown at center, um, Jaron Reed, also on the defensive line. Bring back Bobby Wagner. Um, and I mentioned the two first-round picks who are both you know, good prospects. I think they will be better than last year. They won nine games last year. You know, I think this is a, a good team. And that offense is fucking loaded, man. Like, If Ken Walker is healthy... That that's gonna be a lethal unit. 
um, you know, I, I think they're going to be a solid squad. I don't think there's any question about it. And, you know, I, I do think that they improved from last season. And, uh, yeah, as long as everyone stays healthy, I think you, you got uh, you got yourself a solid squad to certainly make the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if I would say uh, I'm, I'm thinking Super Bowl or anything like that, but I, I think it's uh, pretty fair to say that they'd be at least competitive in the playoffs. And that's that's kind of the game right now is at, at least making the playoffs and, and being competitive there. So last year they were, you know, they made the playoffs, but they were you, you kind of saw that they weren't going to go very far. And uh, this year, I, I think I think they kind of go over that hurdle a little bit. Um, I don't think that because they don't make the Super Bowl this year, uh, it, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to be because of Geno Smith, but uh, we'll see. I, I, it really just comes down to how well their defense improves, uh, particularly um, on the defensive front, which we already know yeah. is going to improve a lot with you know, just the addition of Bobby Wagner, you know, um, you, you could tell just by last year when he played with the Rams, you, you, you can make the argument that he was the Rams best player, um, uh, on defense for sure last year. And that's including Aaron Donald, who unfortunately got his, uh, season cut short because of an injury. So, um, you know, this is going to be a solid squad, you know, and, and, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what happens here. And if anything happens to Kenneth Walker, it's going to be Zach Charbonnet time. I'm, I, you know, I'm rooting for my boy, man. I really am. I think he'll play play too. You know, they didn't draft him for no reason, even if Walker's healthy. And I don't think they're, I don't think they want Walker to play 90% of snaps because you know, guy is injury prone. Uh, we're, yeah. you know, we're going to get the Seahawks again on the schedule, so we can move on. But I will my my main prediction. For this game before this we get to the score dk metcalf is going to destroy us and here's why you know how excited this guy's gonna be that jalen ramsey's not on the fucking team anymore man he's gonna be elated he's gonna man. have a day and <laughs> anything below that uh he should be ashamed of himself like this is his opportunity no ramsey anymore I feel like Ramsey has been destroying him in their matchups. You know, I'm sure somebody could pull receipts on me quick, maybe. But uh, more often than not, I feel like we've had this dude's number, and uh, I think he's going to be really excited for this game. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) – I agree with you, man. It's uh, going to be a long day for the secondary, and and I think – that entire offense is looking to just make the Rams defense look silly because they're going to be rubbing their hands together. Uh, just, you know, seeing that they don't have that disruptive player in Jalen Ramsey anymore. Uh, and especially, like you said, DK has been limited so much because of him ever since he came to the Rams. And now that he's gone, yeah, they're they're going to be picking on this secondary big time, and it's, it's going to be a big game for the for uh, you know Geno Smith for DK Tyler Lockett. Um, yeah, I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing what this team does, um, just because you know I'm a fan of football. But uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to seeing what they do against my team, and 
I think I think the Rams are not going to win this one at at any point in this game. I think it's going to be a long game, and uh, especially because it is the first game of the year. So I'm just going to go ahead and and throw out a number out there. You guys probably not going to like it, but I'm going to say it's going to be 45 to 17 uh, Seahawks victory. I I went 34-21 Seahawks. I I thought about it being a big lopsided, but yeah, I um and honestly like I'm fine with opening this game because if the secondary gives up like like if they even remotely hold their own in this game, we're going to be feeling fucking great, man. Like if they give up like 300 yards, I will feel good. Because they are just like so outmatched in this one. Um and now, like you said, 45-17, I'm sure you could see a world where the score is like 45-31 to 31, or like even 35 because I think the the bull case for the Rams is that this offense is just firing and Cam Akers is real and Stafford's back and the line has it figured out. Um, and so with any of these, like there's a world where the offense is keeping us in games and we'll see if we hit that world. But I think it's fair to want to see Stafford play first. Um, because we really don't know where he's at after last season. It proved nothing to us. We do, you know, another not that fun one, but a more a more volatile team, I would say, in the 49ers at home. Uh, encourage all our LA-based listeners, get to this game, make it a home game as much as we can. Uh, 49ers went 13-4 and last season. They had seven Pro Bowlers. They had six All-Pros. They made it all the way to the NFC Championship, uh, but lost that game to the Eagles after Brock Purdy and his backup Josh Johnson got hurt. They would have lost anyways, but, you know, nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. Um, People don't. <laughs> they finished fifth in yards and six in points despite starting three different quarterbacks. Uh, the story of the season is Brock Purdy, of course. Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft as a rookie, Goes 8-0 and in games where he finishes. Um, one game where he didn't start, but played basically the whole game and won. Um, didn't really play much in the NFC Championship. So if you want to count that, he'd be 8-1. Um, not crazy numbers for Brock, but like in between the regular season and the playoffs, he threw 16 touchdowns to four interceptions in his eight games, which is good. You know, only throwing 200 yards a game, but for the last pick in the draft, very impressive what he was to put together, especially the wins and just winning games, you know, just making sure they're not losing is, is half the battle. But he got hurt in the NFC Championship, and he's still recovering from injuries. He is expected to be ready for week one, not a guarantee. There are other quarterbacks on the depth chart, of course, Sam Darnold, who we're not going to talk about, and uh, Trey Lance, who's still there. He was the third pick in 2022. Or 20, 2021, right? When did I write down 2022? Um, hasn't really played much. Uh, but last season, he was a starter week one. And he looked fucking awful in a loss to the Bears. I'm not ready to grade out Trey Lance after that game. But who do you think starts in this game? Because it seems like the Rams will be playing Brock Purdy in this game. Considering Brock Purdy is actually healthy... Uh, because I'm not sure if he is, if I'm being honest. Uh, if he's actually healthy, Brock Purdy's going to be the starter, in my opinion. Um, 
Well, here's the thing, and, and I know this is probably not a popular opinion, but I, I really do not understand the Brock Purdy hype. I, I think he's a solid player, a lot better than anyone can expect, for sure. Um, definitely a lot more mature than you would expect a, a, a rookie mystery irrelevant. But I, I just feel like the system is so quarterback friendly um, and, and it's more of a kudos to the coaching staff than it is to the quarterbacks. I mean, we just talked about Jimmy G and how he, you know, uh, he uh, did relatively well in, in San Francisco, at least as an average quarterback. Um, and, you know, this will kind of prove the point to see how well he does in Las Vegas, which depending on how you view the Raiders offense, I would say they're a step below the San Francisco 49er offense. So if he continues to play well in Las Vegas, maybe he was much more talented than we gave him credit for. But um, I think as long as you have the coaching staff and the offensive scheme put in place, uh, players like Brock Purdy and uh, Trey Lance to an extent too, um, that are good, you know, I, I don't know if you could say that about Trey Lance, but player quarterbacks that are like uh, good game managers, which Brock Purdy proved that he is, um, you can make an argument that they'll always do well in that type of system. So um, now if you put Sam Darnold in there, then all bets are off. You're kind of fucked at that point. But Yeah, no, um, he's, he's not playing week one. But no, no, I think Sam Darnold would also win games for them. Like, they're not winning winning with Sam Darnold, but if he used to start a couple games this year, I think they'll be fine. There's they're that be a good. healthy dose of Elijah Mitchell if that's the case. Yeah, dude, they have Christian McCaffrey. You're forgetting. Oh, that's right. You're forgetting how that's fucking right. loaded this team is, dude. And so it's I like. I forgot about Christian McCaffrey. I can't believe I forgot about Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it's. They're like, it's. There are good problems to have, and I kind of feel like their quarterback situation is not like an ideal problem to have, even though you have two guys who might be good quarterbacks. But like you have Purdy, who proved a lot last year, proved he belongs in the NFL, proved he can win games in the NFL. True. But how high is a guy's ceiling? Because quarterbacks, more than any position, the odds of you finding a franchise quarterback on day three of the draft are abysmal. And yeah, you could point to Tom Brady like that's one fucking time, man. Like that's the biggest fluke ever. And maybe everybody missed on Brock Purdy, but this guy was the last pick in the draft. And the other option was the third pick in the draft. Now you could say maybe that was a bad pick. Even if they don't take him, he's probably not falling out of the top ten. He's certainly not falling out of the top twenty. So it's even like we talked, we just talked about Geno Smith. You forget the guy was the top 40 pick, you know, like even though he's been on the end of the bench, scouts are more accurate in like picking the quarterbacks that can become franchise guys, you know, pretty well and identifying those guys. I mean, how many guys are floating around the league that like have become franchise guys after day three? I mean, am I missing anyone besides like, oh, I guess Russell Wilson, Dak, um, and those guys were Dak was fourth round, right? Russell Wilson was third. Um, most of the well, starting depends. quarter. What's up? Depends. Uh, uh, do you, would you consider Kurt Warner? Yes. Again, 
I mean, that was the fluke of all flukes. The guy wasn't even in the fucking league. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I watched the movie, bro. (laughs) He he was packing groceries. Yeah. But yeah, like the majority of the quarterbacks around the NFL um, are first round picks. But beyond that, I mean, second or third. Yeah. I mean, you've even got like, yeah, Kirk Cousins, I guess, was a fourth. But. You know, it's like, yeah, Kurt Warner and Tom Brady are really the only, like, monumental success stories of guys going that late. And Kurt Warner was a, you know, not even worth discussing how wild of a turn that was. And so it's like, what do you do? You know, you, you, and the problem they have too is they are, they are plus 850 to win the Super Bowl. They have the third highest odds. They are a contender if things go well. Is it worth risking playing Trey Lance, even though clearly he's the upside play? Um, you know, I said this earlier. I almost think they were probably they should be hoping that Brock Purdy isn't a hundred percent to start the year, so that you can throw Trey Lance out there with not a lot of consequences in your relationship with Purdy. Because if Lance sucks when Purdy's healthy, you just put him out there. Um, it's it's a tough situation, and ultimately, if I'm them. I would prefer to start Lance, but you don't want to damage your relationship with Purdy either because he's the better quarterback. Yeah, I mean... Today, I, he's I a better quarterback. Uh, it, it's so tough because we have such a small sample of both quarterbacks. Um, and the, the sample of Lance is much smaller than the sample of Purdy, which agreed is also small. Yeah, and that that's kind of the weird thing. It, because if you're the 49ers, especially the front office that obviously invested a lot in Trey Lance, you're going to want to at least get a better look at what they've had so far. I mean, the man it has been, you know, such a, a, a class quarterback. Like, he reminds me a lot of Sam Bradford in that regard. That you just yeah. are waiting for him to trip over a pebble and you know tear something, and, and you know, for as much as they invested, you're gonna want to to expose that, um, and at the same time, you have a lot of potential in this Brock Purdy guy that they invested nothing in. So, um, I, I'm with you. I, I would hope that. Uh, you know, even if there's even a small inkling that he's not 100%, like even if he's like 99.5%, I'm still trotting out Trey Lance just so that I know without a shadow of a doubt that Trey Lance is not the quarterback for this team. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, and from what we know about Purdy, you know, I don't know how, like, I feel like I don't know how you would take that because – you know, in theory, he should be able to take it okay. Like, he seems like a guy that would, but he's fucking 8-0, and dude. Like, what does he have to do? And it's kind of, it's, a, like, I mean, we saw it with Mark Balger and Kurt Warner that year where Balger goes 8-0 and and they go back to Kurt Warner, but it's Kurt fucking Warner. So it's like, okay, that's fine. They're going back to, they, this guy goes 8-0 and and they're going back to Trey Lance, you know? Like, I don't know how I would take that. Probably not well. I, I, I mean, there will definitely be um, 
some conflicted feelings for sure. And of course, if you're a guy that's aspiring to be an NFL quarterback and especially a guy that no one um, envisioned him to be a, a, you know, a, a starting NFL quarterback and so quickly too. Um, yeah, of course you're going to do your diligence to uh, move beyond this hurdle, but at the same time, he also needs to see it from a business perspective. And that's ultimately what the NFL is, is a business. So um, there's a lot of investment in, in Trey Lance. So of course they're going to want to get the most out of him. It, if you ask me, the only reason why Trey Lance is still on the 49ers though, is because of the fact that they're n- they weren't confident in the fact that uh, Brock Purdy wouldn't be ready week one. Um, otherwise, I, I imagine that they traded him in the draft. Well, um, I think part of it is probably, too, they invested a lot in him, and teams are probably like, we'll give you the 65th pick. And they're probably like, no. <laughs> and they're probably like, give us the 35th pick. And then teams are probably like, no. Like, what what has he done? So I bet I bet it's a mix. I think it's a mix of both. But I, I definitely agree that, like, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can be 100% set on Purdy yet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. No. And until he comes back from his injury and they're 100% certain that he's healthy, um, I think that will dictate whether or not uh, they get the start uh, or who gets the start. But uh, I I am hoping uh, that they do send him out there at least a week or two just to see what kind of quarterback Trey Lance is. I mean, is this a guy that's destined to just kind of be a journeyman or maybe just – becomes a career backup quarterback, or maybe he's out of the league within a year or two. You know, it, there are so many possibilities with Trey Lance um, because I think regardless of whether or not Brock Purdy is ready, one thing we can all agree on is that Brock Purdy will be a starting NFL quarterback. It's just how good of a starting NFL quarterback will he be? Yeah. if Even if he's not a starting quarterback, he will play in the NFL for the next 15 years. Uh, because he's clearly good enough to play. There's a lot to talk about the 49ers, but we're going to have to circle back to them. So I think we should save it. Uh, Prediction-wise, you know, like I've talked myself into thinking that they're going to start Trey Lance, and then I've also talked myself into thinking that he's not going to be good. And as a result, I actually think the Rams will come to play in this game. Now, I'm not predicting a win. I'm going to go 20-17 to that the Rams, you know, do something here. They they bring something. I think this is a ludicrously irresponsible take on my end. Um, they lose in a tight, low-scoring game. That's probably not. I don't know. This might be the my worst prediction of the whole pod, but I'm gonna do it. Johnny, where are you at? I mean, to be honest, it's not a. It's not unreasonable. Um, it, it's not an unreasonable prediction because these games are always funky. NFC West. Yeah, and, and 
I think uh, more than more so than just about any other division, um, the NFC West plays each other ridiculously hard, and it, it's almost unpredictable who ends up on top. Even the Arizona Cardinals um, against some of these other teams against uh, I I think they had a string of wins over the um, the uh, uh, Seahawks for a while, right? If I'm not mistaken, or was that the Forty ers who who would you say have the string of wins? I was like thinking about old bad Rams teams when we used to play team stuff. <laughs> Shouldn't be too hard on that one. But the Arizona Cardinals, they had a string of wins over the, the Seahawks, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, I think you're right. And then we yeah. had a string of wins against the Seahawks when we were bad too. It's a lot of, and then the 49ers also like beat us a bunch um, in some of those Shanahan years where they were not where they were injured and bad and they would just have our number. And, and that's just kind of the name of the game. So it's not unreasonable to think that the Rams could keep this competitive. Hell, it would it really shock you if the Rams ended up with the victory here? It, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest, you know? Um, it would shock me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, cause here's the, here's my thing. Just a little, just a little. The, the uh, the Seahawks, I feel like, really improved a lot this offseason. The 49ers, I feel like, didn't improve much. I, I don't think they got worse. I don't think they really got better either. No, you're so, right. They, they and I mean, we could we could do longer on the 49ers, too, because we might as well. We're, we're having a good combo here. They added Javon Hargrave from the Eagles, which is a big signing. Um, but they didn't have any major draft capital. They lost Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Mike McGinley on the offensive line. They lost Jimmy, um, which, say what you want about Jimmy, a stable presence at quarterback isn't there. But, like, this is a better roster than Seattle anyways. Um, they still have Nick Bosa. They still have Armstead. They still have Greenlaw. They still have Warner. They still have Debo. They still have Bayuk. They still have Kittle. They still have Christian McCaffrey, who you forgot about. Uh, they're fucking loaded, man. Like, all they need, and as you see in the Shannon era, is just, like, average quarterback play to bury teams. Like, they're that good. Um, and all, most of those heavy hitters, a lot of them are still here. And so, like, you know, yeah, if the Rams win this game, it won't be the biggest surprise ever. But, like, I think the 49ers are probably going to run away with the division unless – they play Lance and he's really bad. <laughs> I guess that's a possibility also. Um, so I'll just go ahead and say uh, my prediction here. Uh, I have the Rams losing in this game. Um, and it's actually similar to your prediction, just a little bit higher in scoring. I think the Rams end up losing 30 to 27 here. Uh, I do think that the Rams offense starts um, slowly gathering uh you know, confidence and uh, gets better week by week. I know it's technically only week two, but I think each week um, they'll start to gel together, even against a, a pretty star-studded defense as the 49ers have. So um, 30-27, um, it's going to be a heartbreaking loss for the Rams. And, like, Christian McCaffrey always victimizes us. And yeah. Debo is similarly going to be ecstatic for this one with oh, yeah. all all those fellas not on the defense anymore 
and it doesn't get easier from here. Week three, we get the Bengals. Um, you know, coming off an improbable 2021 Super Bowl run where they lost to yours truly. Uh, they go 12 and four last year. Seemed like they might have taken a little step back, but like they definitely didn't. They got to the AFC Championship. They smashed the Bills along the way. Uh, come up in a close game short to the Chiefs, but to the Chiefs, they ended up winning. Um, yeah. They lose some guys in. Uh, I'm sorry. I think I said Javon Hargrave was a Super Bowl champ, and I don't know if that's true. Because for some reason, I saw the Eagles and I thought they won in my head. Ignore me. I'm everywhere. Uh, they didn't win. They lose a couple key names in the secondary, Jesse Bates and Von Belt safety, and, of course, our boy Eli Apple at cornerback, but they make a splashy move for the Bengals, a rare one with Orlando Brown coming in at tackle on a big contract. Uh, secondary, they bring in Nick Scott, of course, and uh, Sidney Jones to kind of replace those guys filtering out. Spent most of their draft capital on the defense, including Miles Murphy, edge rusher out of Clemson. The signings aren't what really matter. It's just like this is a team that's young and has been on the rise and should continue to be. You know, as long as they have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow statistically, like, didn't really leap last year, but, like, is still clearly an elite quarterback in this league. Jamar Chase is an elite, elite wide receiver. Both those guys will probably be for a long time. Um, I don't think this team's going anywhere. They have plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl. Those are the fifth best odds. Honestly, Johnny, I might throw a little money on that. I think this team's going to be real good. And I don't think there's really a path for them not being good. Unlike with like the 49ers, who are also loaded, but like there are ways for them to not be amazing. The only way for this team to not be a contender to me is if Burrow gets hurt or if everybody else gets hurt. It, uh, so the, the Bengals, I, I think when you think Bengals, you think offensively, uh, you think passing joggernauts, which uh, is accurate. And I think overall this, this offense is just elite. So, them going up against a very mediocre Rams defense, it's going to be tough. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it basically the only Ram, the only way the Rams are even competitive in this game is if the Rams offense can get started as well. Um, and it's going to be interesting because the Bengals have a little bit of an advantage now because Nick Scott is very familiar with the Rams offense. So, um, I, I don't think that's going to be the only advantage that they have, but, um, it, it's going to be a factor I feel. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a nice little rematch, but in the end, I, I think the Bengals take this one, uh, real, really, uh, quickly. Um, I think the score will end up as, uh, something that looks relatively close, but because of garbage time, it'll end up being like a, a somewhat a closer looking score than what it actually is. So I think the Rams end up losing this game 34-24. Um, yeah, it it's not going to be anywhere close in my opinion. And uh, I, I do think that there'll, there'll be some, um, some moments for the Rams offense, but defensively, there's just... 
I, I can't see anyone shutting down Jamar Chase. There's no one on the Rams secondary that can shut him down. Um, I, I don't even know if there's anyone on the Rams defense that can handle T Higgins. So no, yeah, they, we've talked about three really good receiving cores so far, and this is probably the best one. Um, <laughs> that's insane when you think about it. Yeah, you could argue these are the two best receivers out of any of the guy teams we've talked about. I very debatable, but T versus DK might be a debate. I, I think I'd take DK, but and I would take Debo, uh, but I love Debo. I'm in the minority among Rams fans. Uh, I yeah, it's Super Bowl rematch. First time we've played since a big game. They're gonna be motivated. I think they're gonna fucking thrash us. I had them Bengals winning forty-two to thirteen. This is Monday Night Football too. Uh, it's Ooh. gonna be embarrassing. And, forty-two to thirteen. Damn, I thought. <laughs> no, I think they're gonna obliterate us. I because yeah. Super Bowl rematch. Like we're on the road. Monday Night Football. That crowd is gonna be electric. Um, it's going to be a big moment for a lot of these young guys, and I think Joe Burrow is just going to wreck us, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. Now, our loyal listeners who are still here, this is probably going to be the test for our listeners, Johnny. If we, if we don't pick the Rams in this game, I think people might quit the podcast. Um, week four, and it's on the road, but it's at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, last year, one of the few teams in the league worse than us. Uh, they went 4-12-1 in an in infamously abysmal year. Quarterback by Rat, Rat, Matt Ryan and a group of, dare I say, bums behind him. And they could not make up their mind of who they are going to play. <laughs> Kept changing everything. Frank Reich was fired midseason. They hire intern coach Jeff Saturday. They go 1-7. We thought they might actually bring Jeff Saturday back, hired off the fucking broadcast booth at ESPN. Uh, they did not. They ended up bringing in Shane Steichen uh, as the head coach, offensive coordinator out of Philly. Hard not to like the hire, right? I mean, seems like a good hire to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's certainly an upgrade over Jeff Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> well, Charlie, one of us could have arguably been not a serious downgrade. I'm not going to say upgrade, but, like, I don't know. I mean, that's not true. I would have been a much worse coach than Jeff Saturday. Yeah, I, I would have, too. But, uh, hey, I, I would be up for Jeff Saturday being, uh, you know, an offensive line coach. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, he could work his way up, but he's not going <laughs> to. Nope. Um, you know, a, I think it was Jim Ursay infamously said that the, the Colts were trying to not become the Rams despite, you know, being bad for the last fucking decade. And, you know, the, roster wise, I feel like we're kind of in a similar place, although they have a lot more questions at quarterback. Um, they didn't really make any splashy free agency moves. Biggest signing was of course, kicker Matt Gay. Out of Los Angeles. Uh, they also signed Gardner Minshew, who could be the starter in this game, depending on what they want to do with their fourth overall pick, Anthony Richardson. Now, uh, out of Florida, probably the most volatile of the quarterback prospects in this draft, but obviously a massive upside. Now, I'm curious what you think, Johnny, because I honestly don't know what the correct answer is of whether they should play him or not. He's, you know, 
raw, right? Like he's probably going to struggle at times as a rookie, but it's not like, you know, the, and the reason I said they're in a similar roster spot is correct him wrong. Cause I don't watch a lot of cults. It seems like they have a handful of really fucking good players. And then like, that's it. Well, like they have a couple like us, they have a couple of the best players in the league. And then like, players like men i mean you're not wrong you're definitely not wrong um it's kind of interesting because when you when you look at the quarterback situation in indy i i i personally didn't have a lot of faith in richardson being a starting caliber quarterback Right off the bat, I think this is a guy that you draft uh, based on potential, which is why, to me, it was a little ridiculous he went as high as he did. But because the quarterback position is as important as it is or made to be, um, you know, that's why you got guys like Anthony Richardson being drafted within the top five. Uh, So, in my opinion, I I think Anthony Richardson is going to need a little time to start. But here's the thing. You you have a guy in Gardner Minshew who I feel is is a decent quarterback and a guy that you wouldn't mind having as a backup quarterback, but maybe perhaps not a starter. And so it really depends on how you feel about Gardner Minshew as a, as a starting quarterback. Do you really think Gardner Minshew can take the Colts anywhere? Because quite frankly, I don't. But no. at the same time, do you really want to jeopardize the confidence level in an Anthony Richardson who clearly is going to need some time to develop before uh, just kind of throwing him out there in the fray, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't think it's unrealistic that this would end up being Richardson's first start um, depending on where they go. And it's a tough question for Steichen as a first year head coach. It's like, this is a defining question that will, change your career with the team because you know like it or not you're tied to Anthony Richardson now um I'm sure he likes it I'm sure he had some set in that um but yeah like if you throw him out there and he's bad and it just destroys his confidence forever you know that's not good but ultimately I think too like if that happens that's that guy's not gonna be the guy if he plays a couple bad games and is done forever. I don't know if he ever would get a guy like that would ever really get there. But, you know, if you think the development is going to be more valuable than getting on the field reps, you have Minshew who might be able to win you some games, I guess. And it's not like, you know, it's not like this is a depleted offense. Like I said, Quentin Nelson's still on the team at, at guard. One of the best players in the league period. Michael Pittman's a really good receiver. Not great behind Pittman, but, like, there are players that can play in the NFL. Decent tight end room, I guess. Um, and, of course, you have Jonathan Taylor, who miraculously uh, this team couldn't finish in the top 20 in rushing yards per game last year, despite having Jonathan Taylor on the team. Uh, they had the sev- 17 points per game. It was the second lowest in the league, only ahead of Denver. Worse than us. So, again... I, I'm optimistic about where we go with our predictions here, Johnny. But, like, it's a tough question. And, you know, I don't really think there's a world 
where Richardson plays and is really good and they actually win games and push for a playoff spot, I don't think it's really likely. And I, to me, like, I would just play him and see what happens. But it's a tough question. And it really depends on the guy's temperament, I think. Yeah, I I think regardless, whether it be Richardson starting, whether it be Minshew starting, I think the result will be the same. Maybe if Richardson is um, more NFL-ready than I expect him to be, maybe the game will be a lot closer. But um, ultimately, I, I think regardless, whether it be Richardson or Minshew, the Rams are going to end up with the W here. Um and I think they're going to win pretty decisively. I think that uh, offensively, the Rams are clearly the better team. Um, I do think that the Colts' defense is a little on the underrated side, so you don't necessarily want to say they'll blow them out of the water. But I, I really think that if the Rams' offense starts to gel at this point at week four um, and starts to become a little bit better, that the Rams' offense will – will overthrow the uh, Colts defense. So in the end, I'm going to say that the Rams uh, run away with this one. I think that's going to be uh, 33 to, uh, let's say, let's say 21. I got 27, 13 Rams. So both wins here. Um, and yeah, like, and interesting how the Colts are. Um, but I think like, the next game's at the Eagles. You know, this is a game they're going to need to win, in my opinion, to have any hope. You know, week six is the Cardinals, which is a game the Rams should win. But 0-5, you're probably not making the playoffs. And, no. again, they don't need to make the playoffs here. Like, it's not the end of the world if they don't. But we we, we want them to try. <laughs> I mean, it's at the point, too. Like, if, if the Rams end up surprising us, and, and pull away with the victory um, with either the three that we predicted that they were going to lose. I think the Rams have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs if they go into week five, two and two. Um, but at one and three is still kind of a question mark in my opinion. Yeah, but I think, you know, and then it's probably gonna be one and four because I mean, I'm beating the Eagles would actually be fucking insane. Yeah, no way. Um, but, like, next four games after that, Cardinals, Steelers, Cowboys, Packers. You could go 3-1 in that stretch if the team if the team has any juice. And then if that happens, um, what would you be, 4-5? and five? You can make the playoffs. And honestly, and this is something we like can look at later, too. You look at the NFC, man. I think th- there's the Eagles. And the Niners, I think, and even the Niners, a little volatility there. Probably going to be really good teams. That's two teams. Then you got the Cowboys, the Giants, the Vikings. You could throw the you could throw the Lions in that group. Um, they'll, they'll probably be decent. They'll probably be good. What is that? Six teams. Um, the Seahawks too, I guess, could make it seven. I don't know, like. All those teams, like, there's a lot of, like, question marks here. And, like, the seven seed could be open. And the NFC ha- the NFC South, dude, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't believe in a single team in that division. Uh, I wish we were playing them this year. We played that division last year, right? 
Uh, yes. What a fucking yes. what a fucking waste, dude. <laughs> what a goddamn waste of an NFC South year. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, like, do we do we play the Saints this year? Yes, yeah, that's. But um, our division is the NFC East, which is again, what a fucking waste, dude. We get the NFC East, so the best division in the 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 conference. <laughs> uh, yeah, <sighs> but yeah, I don't know. One in three. Oh, and four would kind of be a disaster, but one and three, I think, is the most realistic outlook here. And look, man, two and two, we're gonna be fucking elated. We are oh, gonna be coming to that week four podcast hot, man. If they're two and two, if if they end up two and two, at I, I'll make this uh, I'll make this a thing. And Steve, you're welcome to join me on this. Though our last interaction, our <laughs> I, I don't know if I think he knows where I'm going with this too. Um, if we end up two and two going into week five that podcast week i will come on to the podcast and take a shot you'll have to envision a fluffy mexican you know taking a shot of tequila but um i will i will take a shot because i will be that ecstatic <laughs> i i will i will have a couple beers in the pot if, if they do that <laughs> it might be any time. I think any time we win a game that we're not favored in, I might have to have a victory beer. I'll, I'll do that uh, if uh, if they uh, end up surprising us on a, on a game or two. I'll do a victory shot. Yeah, hell yeah! Any of those first three wins that'd be amazing. Um, well, hey, we're off to a hot start. Next week we'll have the Eagles, Cardinals, Steelers, Cowboys. I don't know why my voice is like dying. I think that's signal for me to go. Uh, happy Friday. Sorry for the late podcast this week. It'll probably be earlier next week. Uh, but follow us on the Twitters at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny Five Not Six, at Talk Rams. If you're a Threads guy, you can find me on there at Steve's Reb. I have not posted much. Um, and we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>